Uh, the subtitle of uh, tonight, I called it The Farmer Cultivating His Field. And let's begin by talking about this. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, you know the scripture, what it says. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So let's just tear that scripture apart real quickly as we have learned a lot about in our heart, allowing the word to just dig in our heart and we speak that word and we, by speaking it, we're actually sowing the word in our life. So what the scripture tells us that all scripture is God-breathed. Scripture came out of the mouth of God. Bottom line, God breathed. Scripture came out of the mouth of God to man, and man wrote it down. Uh, how many of you have heard people say, well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of translations of the Bible, and you know, because of that, I don't really trust the Bible, and, you know, uh, preaching in the South, they say King James only, you know, and any other translation is bad. So, you know, we, we just get into this stuff, and it's just really, to me, kind of ridiculous. Um, but Scripture came out of the mouth of God. Also says that Scripture is profitable for doctrine. Some say you can't get doctrine out of some Scripture. It won't fit for today. Okay, you've heard the, the cultural, you know, well, the Bible was written thousands of years ago, and and, you know, because it was, it really doesn't fit for what we are today. And I'll just tell you, we must, the Bible says, we must rightly divide the word. And when you rightly divide the word of God, the word is seed planted by God. It will transform your life. So there are certain cultural aspects of the word. Granted, the word of God is written years ago. There are certain time frames, Old Testament, certain parameters uh, as, you know, opposed to the New Testament. So the Old Testament, there are some parameters that are not in the New Testament. What Jesus Christ did on the cross, uh, it created uh, the different covenant and, and that um, it did, he didn't remove the covenant of the old, he fulfilled it. And so with the blood of Jesus Christ and all of that, we still have to understand that Scripture is profitable for doctrine, God's truth. And we have to divide that. So when you are growing in sowing the Word of God, just understand there are going to be times in your life that life is not matching Word. And so there's decisions that you need to divide the Word of God and hear the Word of truth from the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Look at verse uh, 17. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So as it says that, it is speaking of the word of God, what does the Word of God? Basically, the Word of God is the only tool given by God that will complete men and women. It is the only thing that will complete you. Um, you know, I, I'm married to Terry. Um, she loves me. And we really have a great time in our relationship. But I don't complete her. The Word of God completes her. And um, the relationship she has with God is the basis of how we can relate because it's the Word of God. The Word completes you. And when you're complete, then you can love people and you can, you can relate with others. It says there, too, the Word of God has been given to thoroughly equip you for every good work. Notice every good work. And the only thing that is good comes from God. So it's the reality of the good things that you do are things that have been planted in your heart 
and you begin to live those out. Your life, your identity is not based upon how other people react to you. Now, in reaction, uh, there could be times where maybe you have an attitude and people might react to you wrongly because of that wrong attitude. But understand who you are, the good things you will do in life are based upon the word of God in you. It will thoroughly equip you to do that good work, even when the enemy tries to come in and steal that word. So 2 Timothy 4, verse 1 and 2 says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Now, I just read a scripture to you that tells you what I do, my call. We all have a call in our life, and all our call is different. It's from God. And so in this reality, I would miss God if I focus on any other thing in this church than preaching the gospel. My ministry is to not preach what I have been taught or experienced. I must teach and preach the word of God. Now, I have in teaching said, this is what I have experienced, but this is what the Word of God says. So when I teach, I will use illustrations and things about life and all that, experiences, but bottom line, even though this is the experience, this is what the Word of God says. And if I have a choice to believe the experience or the Word, I'm going to take the Word of God, and I'm going to preach the Word of God. I will say to people in counseling, uh, I know that's what you've experienced, but let me tell you what the Word of God says. And I know that maybe you even tried to live that Word of God out, but let me tell you, the Word is like a seed. You can't expect to plant corn seed and the corn to rise up the next day. Change doesn't happen overnight. And so we have to learn that, change in our own life. The motto I always say, it's scriptural, is that if you want change in situations, change first yourself. How do you do that? Well, I match myself up to how does someone relate to me? How does someone react to me? So I need to figure out how they're going to like me. No, you change according to the word of God, and it doesn't really matter how they react to you. It's how you respond to them. That's the word of God. So, I must teach and preach the word of God. As a pastor, my love expression to you is to obey God's call and preach the word. So many times in ministry, people will want you to be something that you're not. And, hey, I'm like any human being. I want people like me. How many of you like people are like you too? All right? But the reality is, is I'm not going to re respond or react wrongly because they don't. But I'm also not going to change to something that's not the word of God so that that person can like me. So I promise you today, I will proclaim to you what God said and nothing else. You've heard me say, well, this is my opinion because I'm not saying that because I'm trying to say my opinion's right. I'm just trying to tell you that this is my thoughts on the situation. But we always need to Go right back to what the Word of God says. So we're talking about cultivating the Word of God. How do you cultivate it? Um, as a farmer, you have weeds, you have rains, floods, all kinds of things that could destroy your seed. In your Christian walk, you have many situations or wrong reactions that you, you uh, do or looking at things wrongly out of the eye of your hurts and your personality instead of looking at it through the word of God. And I'm just telling you, the protection of the corn in your field or the protection of your heart is up to you to protect it. So, again, I will, according to chapter 4, verse 2, I will convince you, I will re rebuke some people, I will exhort you with long-suffering and teaching. So the question 
is now, what is your call? What are you, what are you called to do? And Terry and I, a lot of times, will, um, when we disciple people and we train people and we do all that, we really try to get people to understand their call and we try to give them understanding how to develop that call. And because um, that's our job. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to live your life. We're not called to do that. And if, if you get that idea and thoughts, now, because of who we are, we're going to bend over backwards to, to help people. Because of the way you are, you're going to bend over backwards to help people. But the reality is, is everybody needs to cultivate their own field. Okay? So we will try to give you teaching and tools at the church so you can cultivate your own field. So today I want to remind you the word says what it says. It does not change because our life has changed. Have you ever asked the Lord, God, what are you doing now? <laughs> because something you've had to change. And in reality, God knows your destiny. He knows your the alpha, the beginning, and, and the end, the omega. And so he knows, just like a GPS, uh, GPS, if you make a wrong turn, it recalculates. You hear that, recalculating, and, and it, re, you know, it goes haywire, and all of a sudden, boom, you're, you know, instead of left turn, you got to make a right. And that's what God does with you. That's what God does with me. Brings change in our hearts. So let me say uh, this about those in the Bible. Most negative situations arise in their lives as you study the Bible, because they did not receive or act on what the Word said. If you study the Bible, I know you do, and you begin to read the Bible with this, and you see where things go haywire, most of the time they have allowed the Word of God to be stolen. And they stopped cultivating the Word in their heart, and they began to react according to the experience or the situation in their life. So an example, Israel going into the promised land, God told them when you cross the river Jordan, God promised he would drive out the inhabitants, he would drive out the enemies before them, and God said, I will give you the land. So they sent 12 spies in, remember that? They sent 12 spies in, because God always wants to, when they came, went in, the reason why was God always wants you to go into the situation. He doesn't grab you by the hand and get you there and smacks everybody around and straighten up because, you know, Brother Nolan's here. He doesn't do that. He, he has you go in, and then you assess the situation, but you need to remember God's word in the situation. When you go to a new job, when you go... Uh, you know, the things that you do, you assess it and you react or respond according to the word of God because it's in your heart. You're cultivating the word. So he sent the 12 spies over and the 10 spies said, it is true the land is good, but we can't do it. They said what God said won't happen. The giants are too big. The situation's too big. I'm not used to that. Someone's asked me to do this. I know this is measured up to my call. I know God said things to me about this. I see it in the word, but it's just too big for me. No, it's not. Unless you have, it's too big for you by responding opposite of the word of God. And then there were two spies that went in with the 12, said we can do this thing because God promised us and said he would. Bottom line. Now I'm taking larger passages and I'm just telling you bottom line what they said. So Joshua and Caleb said this, this, but the people believed the ten. See, what we need to recognize, it's like I was talking about this morning about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the empowerment, is that people respond to things 
in many different ways. But we need to know what God said and stick to it. We need to know what God has said to us. So let me, let me tell you uh, how serious this is to God regarding the 10 spies and going opposite of the word of God. He told Moses, get out of the way. I'm going to kill them all. And remember Moses interceded? When Israel did this, God got mad because they called him a liar. Because they didn't believe what he said. They stated, I know you said this, but we believe you won't do it. So Joshua and Caleb said, yes, there are giants, but God will drive them out because he promised that. Yes, you face situations in your life, but what did God say? That's cultivating the, the word in your heart. So guess what? These two guys, Joshua and Caleb, were the only ones from that generation that crossed the Jordan River. So the majority does not rule, but what God says rule. And here's, here's another point. Sometimes we need to be corrected. And in cultivating your field, you need to learn how to be corrected. When, when you're responding, watch this. The reason why is because sometimes we respond wrongly, but we think we're right. It's called deception. And we, we must get our, to our uh, life is that we don't do things alone. I don't believe it takes a village. But I believe it takes brothers and sisters in our life, uh, authorities in our life, and pastors, and, and uh, many different aspects of authority in our lives to help us stay focused on what we need to do. All right, so at times we have to look at our traditions that have strayed from the word and let them be broken. There are times, there, there are traditional things that we do. Uh, we've always done this and maybe we've strayed from the word in the process of doing the tradition every day. And so in, in my life, I've, I'm, I'm a type A personality, I do things that way, and I like doing the same thing, getting up a certain time, having breakfast, having this, and it's because it helps me get thing, more things done. If I just say, I wonder what I'm going to do this morning, and wonder what, you know, hmm, whatever, what am I, let me see, half hour later, what am I going to eat for breakfast, you know, all that. No, I, I just do that, and, and the traditional bottom line, I just, I could eat the same thing, I could do the same thing, you know, all the time. But the reality is I need to be open for different things. And that means I'm submitting to the Word and I'm submitting to the Holy Spirit, but I'm submitting to people that are in my life. So our belief systems need to be challenged with or by the Word of God, what God said. Now, let's just mark chapter 4, verse 13 through 20. We've read that uh, and at bottom line, he said, if you don't understand this parable, uh, then you won't understand any other parable. Everything in life is based upon the sower sows the word, God sowed the word in us, and now we need to sow the word in our lives and those around us and cultivate the word. So God is the sower, and he wants all the seeds, word, to produce. We must recognize in reading that passage that we've read every single week that God wants the word to produce. If you ever prayed, God, is this really your will? You're wrong in praying that way. Because he sowed the word. He's expecting the word that he sowed, that he's given us in the Bible, to produce what he said for it to produce. And so the, the question is not, God, is this your will? The question is season. The question is time frame. The question is, are you cultivating the word of God in your life? So his will is his word will produce. Uh, again, Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word 
be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God sent it to grow up and prosper. Amen. So you're the farmer. You cultivate the word that he gave you by speaking the word and planting that word. So let's talk a little bit more about the good ground. The good ground is your heart. Some of those who, who heard the word got 30% of production from the seed. Other grounds got nothing in that passage we've read. So the explanation is some in good ground, Caleb and Joshua got 30%, 60%, or 100%. So here's the question. Does that mean God did that? He caused 70% not to work when it produced 30%? Did God cause it? Is there a certain word in the Bible that only produces 30%? The answer to that is no. This is what verse 20 is saying. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit by cultivating the word, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100 so somewhere along life's journey, the word got stolen. 70% of the word got stolen. 40% of the word got stolen. Or to some, 100% of the word got stolen. Now, let me go on. This is not God's intention. You don't plant corn to get 30%. What happened if you only produce 30% in your field? Either floods, hail, cold weather. Um, how about spiritually? The enemy comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. God is shooting for a hundredfold. So I want you to think it this way. God is a hundredfold God. Okay? But it's my job, and let me just tell you, there are many instances in my life through the years that I didn't get 100%. Now, is it the word God planted, his word seed, the Bible? Is that the, the problem? No. The problem is, is me, the farmer, who is called to sow the word of God, do I cultivate it properly? Now, again, right away, uh, let me just tell you, uh, condemnation is not from God. So I'm not teaching here condemnation. You got 30-fold condemnation. I'm not teaching that. God's not saying that. Condemnation comes from the enemy. So if you're thinking, man, I've messed up and I haven't, and these things happen and blah, 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 you're, you're listening to the wrong word, okay? God is shooting for 100%, 100% and it will not return void. It will accomplish what he said. So the problem is not God. The problem is my farming skills. Mark 4's passage describes four people. The first person, the devil stole it all. The second person, persecution and tribulation arises for the word's sake. They stumble, and but I want to say that the word dried up, but God didn't stumble. God's word didn't stumble. I stumbled. External circumstance. The third person is internal things, care and worry. Builds in your life, deceitfulness of riches, love of money. When you think money will make you happy, keep your dependency, you must keep your dependency on the word of God. Money is not my happiness. Do I work with money? Yes, I pay the bills. I do that. I work with the finances in our home. I communicate with Terry these things. But bottom line, um, I do think about it. And sometimes, you know, people, when you talk about it, whatever, they think 
that you're worried about it. I'm not worried about it, but I'm a farmer. And that's part of my responsibility in my home is I'm a farmer and I cultivate the word and what the word says you do with your money. I cultivate that word and I farm that word because I want 100% return of what I'm giving, what I'm doing, tithing, all the different things that I do uh, in my life. So in this, the desire for other things, things that steer you away from God's plan. I mean, you go to blogs, you go to all kinds of things, you go to Facebook, you, and you see a bunch of stuff, and that's what you want. But you're, you're desiring other things that God didn't say to you to have. You cultivate what God said to you. So the good ground, we are the farmers of our hearts. And we are responsible to cultivate our hearts. And, and because I just said that, let me read to you Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22. My son, and this is how the sower operates. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep focused on what I said. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So what did this say? Let's look at the what. In verse 20, my son is talking about a believer. Give attention to my words. In other words, a seed. You're a farmer. Incline your ear to my sayings. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word. So you're going over and over the word of God. That's, that's what you're doing. You're giving uh, attention to the word, the seed, and inclining your ear to his sayings. So you're opening up your thinking. You're not being tied to traditional things. Now, let me just tell you, tradition is good. It's good. But there's a reality that it could steal you blind because God has taken you on a greater thing and a greater journey, but you won't go there because you're stuck in this thing that you have traditionally done or believed. Verse 21, do not let them depart from your eyes. What are you looking towards? He's saying you must keep focus on what God said. Stay focused. I know sometimes it looks like, you know, all Hades is broke, you know, broken loose. I know that, you know, it seems like everything's falling apart. It's not. The word seed is not falling apart. It will produce. And sometimes you have attacks of the enemy. You have different things that go on. I've, I've faced that through the years. There have been attacks of the enemy towards ministry, towards all kinds of things. And bottom line, tribulation or people problems. And so he says, keep focus on what God said, even in the midst of those things. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Here it is. The enemy and life are trying to steal the seed. So daily spend time cultivating what's in your heart. And I'm not talking about spending five hours reading the word of God and you're not spiritual if you don't do that, if you don't pray for five hours a day or whatever. The reality is it needs to be a consistent thing in your life. And if it's one day you got five minutes, praise the Lord, you did five minutes. But the next day you got more time, do an hour or do 30 minutes. Let it be something that you do. The farmer doesn't go out into the field all day long, but every day we... We uh, were youth pastors in Indiana around a lot of farmers, and I would talk to them. We went on the field with them. I went in the, uh, I think it's called the combine, you know, when they did the, the harvesting of the corn. And we would ride uh, in, in there, and I would just ask him questions, you know, about that. And, and he would say, well, all summer long, what I did is I would uh, get to a place that I was high above the corn, and I would just look over it. And he said, I would just assess. I wasn't worried about it. The ground is good. The seed was good. Uh, I furled the ground. You know, we've gotten rain, all that. So everything that it needed was there. But I was just looking out just to make sure there wasn't any disease or anything happening in the field. And that's what you do. You, you, 
you continue to live your life and, and you just cultivate what God gave you, the word seed. Now here's the why, verse 22. For they, the word, are life. It propagates health to those who find them. So the word will become health to all their flesh. You need to find them. You need to find the truth of the word of God. If the word doesn't impact you in the situation of your life, you need to find it. You need to find the truth of it. Why is this happening? You find the truth in the word of God. Verse 23 of Proverbs 4. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. So the most important thing in life or walk with God is your heart. Protect your heart from hearing things that are opposite of God's word. Don't listen to words that tell you God doesn't love you and doesn't tell you, uh, you know, God's will. The word does tell you God's will. Now, like I've always used the illustration, you know, if you are going to get a job, you know, part-time job, um, McDonald's or Burger King, you know, Bottom line, the word of God doesn't say, thou shalt work at Burger King. But the reality is, is that the word of that you know that you are to go get that part-time job or full-time job, when you begin to ask the Lord and stay in the word of God, God, I got choices here, what is your will? You know, a lot of times what the Lord will do is because... He trusts you to make a decision. So make a decision. But then sometimes the Lord will say, I want you to work at McDonald's. You'll have just this impression in your heart to go to McDonald's. And let me tell you, um, it's not really because, because if you go to McDonald's, you're going to make more money in that part-time job. No, probably because there's other people he wants you to be around to minister to them. And to be a blessing. Because bottom line, folks, you're a blessing. Look at someone, just tell them you're a blessing. Go ahead and do that. Now, not only let the word of God in your heart, you know, the words of God in your heart, but keep other words out. Keep other words out. Last part of verse 23 says something we must get. For out of it, our heart spring the issues of life. Every issue you face in your life came out of your heart. Okay, let me say that again so you get it. Issues of life. You've got to cultivate and keep your heart. Because every issue you face in life has come out of your heart. Now, I didn't say it's your fault if it's wrong. It's bad. What I'm saying, every issue, because it's the word that will, in the midst of tribulation that's in you, that will produce in the midst of an issue. But if you take the stuff that goes on in your life and you become bitter and angry and all the different things, then the issue that will flow out of you will be bitterness and anger. So in our life, we reap the fruit that is in there from the word or the thorns, deceitfulness of riches, desires for other things that was in our heart. So the issue comes out of our heart it doesn't come outside. You see that? So next step then, it must come out of our mouth. So once you get the word seed in your heart and believe it, now you need to speak it. I'm not talking about going to people you don't like and say, you know, the word of God says this and you better straighten up. No, no, no. It's about you. It's about your field. It's about your farm. It's about what you do is going to produce. In the midst of, okay, I'll say it, the jerk, 
that is messing with your life, in the midst of that, the issue of light will come out of your heart, how you respond to it, and you always need to respond to every situation by the Word of God. Now, I haven't done that sometimes. You've had that problem too? Okay? And it's not a guilt thing. It's just a reality is what Jesus was saying in the beginning, we've been talking about for weeks, is the sower sows the word. It's about farming, cultivating the word of God in your life. Luke 6.45 says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. What's the good treasure? The word seed. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. In other words, it's replaced by bitterness, anger. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Now, watch this. It's either the good ground of the heart speaking or the no word speaking. That's what happens. So it's for everybody. Everybody in this world, the principle of the sower is truth. It's real. Whether you're a believer or not a non-believer, it's out of what you say out of your mouth. Um, that's why, uh, well, I won't get there yet. I'll, I'll go ahead of myself from next week, and I'll touch on it today. But the Bible is telling us, listen closely. The things that are in our heart, we allow them to come to pass, the word or other things. When I say allow things to come to pass, you didn't make that car run into you, but the heart speaks the fruit of the word of God, the protection of the word. When we speak things that are opposite of the word of God, we open up our lives to bad seed. Again, don't leave here today and say, Pastor said when I was a child, I allowed that abuse. That is just an evil thought. That is not what I'm saying. That you've allowed, you know, a sexual predator to do that or allowed, you know, whatever went on when you were a child. No, you didn't. That person was evil and I won't say what needs to happen to them. But that's not what I or the Bible said. What you allowed in your heart. What you allowed in your heart. And watch this. What God said. Will you allow what God said to happen? Hear it. Hear what I just said. So you're going to really grab a hold of of this truth, this spiritual truth, is that what you had in your heart regarding the word seed, you allow by cultivating it to happen in your life, protection, all the different things. But if you don't have word seed, even as a child, um, parents have a responsibility to speak that word over your life. Terry and I, when our children were growing up, we spoke the word of God over them. And Terry did a lot more than I did because I was outside the home a lot and she was inside the home when they were smaller. And the reality is, is we spoke the word. That word worked for our children at two years old, three years old. And we must realize it's the word that will produce a hundredfold, that's God's plan, and we need to speak that over our children, our grandchildren. When uh, our grandchildren were born and they, you know, a few weeks old, I would grab them and, and hold them and walk around uh, our backyard. And when I did that, I, I'm not this spiritual giant, so just don't think that, all right? But because I know this principle, this parable, I would walk them around and I would speak the word of God over them, that they would understand their call, that their giftings would rise up quick in their lives, that uh, 
their parents would understand their gifting and respond to it and help them in their journey of growing up in the Lord. The protection of the Lord, and I would quote scripture over them. And, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and, you know, when they started crying, then I'd go back in the house and give them to Terry. But anyways, you know, <laughs> I would, you know, I would do that. But why? Because I understand the word seed. So here's what I am saying. Stuff has happened in children's lives because the parents don't understand this parable. Or they didn't know it. And a lot of times, it's they, just, they just didn't know it. And that's why Jesus was so particular on saying, if you don't know the principle of this parable, you can't understand anything else, any other parable, because everything is about getting it in your heart, cultivating the word seed, because God is a sower, and you are created in his image, now you are a sower, and if you want 30, 60, 100 fold, but God's plan is 100, then we grow in our life in planting the word seed. So you are the farmer, and you hear, receive, and cultivate your heart. So the fruit of the seed, word of God, will manifest. You're the good ground. You protect and cultivate the seed. Well, let me just give you a, another crude illustration here. Some guys, uh, some guy was drinking, shooting up drug, and gets in his car, and gets in an accident and kills someone. And the family or friends is, I don't know why God allowed that. No, no, no. That guy made a choice to do drugs and get in the car and kill innocent people. It was the drunk. It was the guy that was high that made that choice to do what he did. And we say, well, God knows better. He needed another angel in heaven. No. Again, he made a choice and planted wrong seed and didn't keep the, his heart. In this world, there is tribulation and people problems. Everything in your heart produces, so let it be the word of God. Okay, I'm going to say that again too. I'm giving you some really good nuggets tonight. Everything in your heart produces, so let it be the word and nothing else. When you get angry and can't get over it, that produces sin and cares. We need to understand this and have a greater purpose to get rid of unforgiveness because unforgiveness will produce after itself. That's the parable. So here it is. The devil brings tribulation and persecution, but it will not overcome us unless we allow it to. And you know, we get the picture of, oh, no, we're not going to, devil, you can't get me, no. No, you cultivate your heart. He'll come in to deceive. He has no authority. Jesus took that authority at the cross and resurrection. Jesus said the good ground did not allow it to, and it produced 30, 60, 100 fold in their life because they are learning how to cultivate their heart. How many of you are still learning how to cultivate your heart. Yeah, I am too. I, I just want to tell you, I would love to tell you that, you know, man, I got this thing. You want to learn how to farm, come to me, because I'm the farmer. I'm king farmer, all right? Well, I am a, a, really, we all are king farmers, but sometimes I'm not farming the right seed. Okay. Are you, are you now getting to the place in this study of how simple that parable really is? And how simple, if you look at it, how life is, even though I know this, there's still times the enemy wants to sneak in and get me to worry, get me to care, get me to, you know, get frustrated with stuff. So what do I do as a pastor then? I need to be a better farmer. 
I will keep my heart with all diligence. So in conclusion tonight, I want to make this statement. I don't hang around the 10 spies anymore. As a pastor, I don't hang around the 10 spies. Now, the spies were part of Israel. Okay? So in essence, I love all people. I love all people in our church. I love all people around North Carolina, all that. But I don't hang around the 10 spies that have that attitude of not cultivating the word seed, that are negative, that are, uh, you know, always negative. And, and you know, when you, when you begin in ministry, here's the first thing, you're young, you're in your early 20s, and you just want everybody to just love you, right? And I found out real quick, not everybody loves me, okay? But for years, I used to try to cultivate their seed, to change them. And to the point where, where at times I would appoint someone to a position or whatever because I've worked year after year with them and I've discipled them and, and they're like a son in the faith and going to do that. But I always knew they're not cultivating the word of God. But that can change. All I have to do is get them in there and teach them and pat them on the back and hold their hand a little bit and they're going to do a great thing. No. If they didn't plant the word and cultivate the word and farm the word before, when I put them in a position, they won't do it. They'll do it worse. But I used to think, oh, I can change that because I'm a good shepherd and I can change that. And I can. Mm -mm. So the whole rule now is this. Um, I find people that will cultivate the word. Their life's not perfect. Life around them is not perfect. They've made mistakes in their past. But their heart, they're diligent in keeping their heart. That's the one that I want to see explode in leadership quality. Amen. And, and when I say this, every one of you have that ability, but it's cultivating your heart. And when I've done that, Lord, I know what I'm doing. I can bring them in this area and appoint them and stuff like that. It's usually bit me. Now, there are times people have changed in the midst of it and come and repented to the Lord and, and come to me and said, you know, I've really realized that once I've done this, and oh, man, I just saw everything so different. Please forgive me, you know. I want to keep doing this, but help me. And they come in and discipled and they're open heart and everything. And that's, that happens once in a while. But, you know, I don't, the, the people I really hang around with are ones that are cultivating their heart. You say, Pastor, that's bad. Now, I didn't say, I didn't spend time with people in the church. That I spent time with people that are struggling and all that. But for my own personal walk is, you know, there are people that are having trouble with drinking in our church, having trouble with, struggle with drugs in our church, you know, prescription drugs, all kinds of stuff, and, and loving them and spending time with them and working with them, all the different things. But bottom line, I'm not going to call them up and go hang out on vacation together. I'm just telling you, I'm straight out with you. First of all, I don't have that kind of time to do that. But second of all is then it will become a, a, a problem with me because I, I go out to have a good time and to Sabbath or anything like that. But the whole time I'm just like, you know, my heart is being ripped at all the time. And I'm not going to do that. I'm just saying to you, sometimes our choices of those that we've hung around with, the negative, the, the you know, everything's wrong, uh, you know, 
whatever, any authority is wrong, this is wrong, this is bad, you know, don't hang out with that because your heart will be tore out of your body. That's the parable. Now, I'm looking out here, and I know most of y'all really well. And I know that you would give the shirt off your back to help someone to get born again, to change, and to help someone that's gone through struggles with drugs. You want to feed them and, and, and clothe them and, and help them to get back on. Amen. I mean, Pastor Ben and Sylvia with prison ministry. Guys are in prison, and he just gave his life to them for years. Why is that? But he didn't go around and hang out with them. You know, hey, let's go on vacation together. No, he didn't do that. He loved people and was there to help people. But bottom line, learn to hang out with the two spy people. Amen. I don't listen to people who are contrary to the word. I'll be nice to them. I'll be gracious. You know, come in and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm mad at this person. I'm mad at this person. This is what needs to be done. I don't listen to them. They're not hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. They're hearing the voice of their heart that has no word in it. So I don't listen to that. I'm gracious. I love them, you know. And they look at me like, how come you're not listening to me? And I don't say, because you don't have any word in your heart. I don't say that. I'm gracious, I'm loving, I, I'm, I'm patient, I'm kind. You know, the fruit of the Spirit. But I've learned, you know, bottom line, I will not listen to people who proclaim and believe things that are not in the Word. But, man, we have so many people in our church that are so awesome. And I'll sit down with them, and I'll ask them, what's going on? And they start talking about what the Lord's doing. I said, tell me more, tell me more. I want to hear that. You know why? Because that helps water the word that's in my heart. When I hang out with you, man, I missed the worship last Friday. I bet you that was awesome. But, you know, the, the, that just worshiping this morning, wasn't that awesome this morning, the worship? Man, I had tears in my eyes and just the, the power of worship, the prophetic worship that was going on. It's so cool what God's doing. And, uh, you know, that's the culture Valley Community Church will be. Amen. And I'm going to stick to the word. Because the Lord's not one day, the Lord's going to say, uh, well done, thy good and faithful servant, but you really didn't listen to my word. You know, no, I'm going to preach the word. I'm going to walk in the word. I'm going to cultivate my heart. And I'm going to do my best to have a heart that produces a hundredfold when I talk. Amen? Let's all stand.